that last song we did for dementia training. If you weren't able to remember those three things to do, then that was part of that. So I'm just doing a little pre-screening for us. And so you all passed. So well done. All right. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. As we think of this new year, what would we like to have mark this year? And hopefully what we would like to have mark this year would be living a life of wisdom. Now, Colossians 4 says it this way. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, as we think of those verses, those words, I'd like you to think about the word wisdom. Now, in Greek, the word is sophia. In Hebrew, it's hokma. Those aren't bad, important. But what I want you to hear is one way that we define, I want you to think about sophia or wisdom, is the capacity to understand and function accordingly. Wisdom. The capacity to understand, that makes sense. That would be like knowledge, understanding, and function accordingly. That's our idea of wisdom. And so Solomon had all this wonderful wisdom that God had given to him. And then what happened? You know, Jesus, he spoke with authority and then he acted with authority so that his actions backed up his words. Solomon, God gives him this wisdom for, for a purpose, and that is to govern God's people well. Okay? But now, how does, how does that happen? Well, it's so interesting because right after that, comes a story that probably most all of you know, but i still like to read it to you. It goes like this. This is right after the passage we have. It says this. Now the two prostitutes came to the king, King Solomon, and they stood before him. And one of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son, only he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, No, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king. He then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor, your, nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. 
When all Israel heard the verdict that the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. So wisdom isn't just knowing a bunch of stuff. If you read a fair amount, if you watch things, if you're looking on the internet, you might know a whole bunch of stuff. You might have lots of knowledge. Do you know people who have lots of knowledge but very little wisdom? In other words, it never goes from up here to out here. But God calls us to not only know, but to live according to his word. That's where wisdom is ultimately found, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But, you know, it's not just this text about Solomon. If we looked at that Ephesians passage, passage, what we see is not only did Paul pray for them, but then it says this right after the prayer. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Isn't that interesting? He gave thanks for them because he heard about their faith and their love for all the saints. In other words, these Ephesian Christians had heard the good news, they trusted God, and they were living it out. That would be a definition of wisdom, right? Hearing the word of God and letting it impact our lives. The question I want to have you think about today is, what gets in the way from what you know to how you live it out? Sin, ourselves, ourselves. Sometimes we can be frozen in inactivity based on having too little knowledge, I just don't know what to do, or having so much knowledge that I don't know what to pick from, and there's just so many signs and so much I don't know what to do. Have you ever been in either of those positions? You ever been in both those positions? Okay. Not in the same issue. It's kind of hard to have not enough and way too much information. But you've been frozen in both those times, haven't you? And so what's interesting is, we'll get into in just a minute, is this whole idea of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There's worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And when I was looking up wisdom in the Old Testament also, I came across this beautiful passage. Do you remember in Genesis 3 what happens? And the whole congregation says, yes. You do as soon as I tell you. The fall, right? Okay, so, and then verse 6 of Genesis 3 says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. How does she know that the fruit there was good for wisdom? Say that louder. The devil told her. Ain't that interesting? Ain't that interesting? The devil told her. The devil lied to her. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. You see, there seems to be multiple kinds of wisdom. 
There can be the wisdom that God gives us from his word that we want to cling to and delight in and use over and over and over again as we live out our lives well, making the most of every opportunity, being wise with our 2021. But there's also the wisdom of the world, the worldly way of doing things, the wisdom that comes from Satan, which is not for our good. And it's really what's dispensed very strongly here in our culture. It's actually what I see oftentimes. I, I let couples, since I have some time to spend with couples and do premarital work up at Concordia. And you know, what does the world say about living together before marriage? The world says, do it. Do it. My goodness. Do it, do it, do it. I didn't ask the question very clearly. So what does the world say about living together? Do it, do it, do it, because the only way you're going to know that if you really are going to be people that can, work, that can work together, live together first. Do you know that I share with those students that all of the studies that are not Christian studies say that people who live together first have a higher rate of divorce than those who don't. And those are not religious or Christian studies. They're just studies. Isn't that interesting? The wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world says, go out and do everything you can do. Have all the fun you can have. It's kind of like the world says, live like Solomon did, getting all the pleasure, doing all the accomplishments, knowing all the stuff, and that will give you a full life. And remember what Solomon said? Everything is vanity. Meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Or as that word there means, smoke. Everything is kind of cloudy. I just, you think you can see through it, but you just really can't. If I live by the wisdom of this world, that's what it's like. It's not clear. It's not helpful. It doesn't take us down the road God has for us. If we look at our gospel lesson and we go just beyond it, Jesus says Jesus was filled with wisdom and growing in wisdom. And then we get to chapter 4. And as we get to chapter 4, it says Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. This is right after he was baptized. And as he goes into the wilderness, guess what happens? He's tempted by the devil. The devil shows up again. And as he's tempted by the devil, what does Jesus use in that fight against the devil? He uses scripture. Scripture says. So three times the devil comes after him in different ways. And you know what the devil's whole goal is? The devil's whole goal is to make Jesus' life easy. Hey, you should have an easy life. Everything should go your way. It's like he was born in America. Everything should go our way. We're entitled to a great life. Everything should happen just like we want it to happen and we should never have to suffer ever. That's how I live my life. Sadly. I've bought an in hook, line, and sinker. I know better, but my life sure looks a whole lot like I live in America and join in far too often. That's not walking away of godly wisdom. But he does call me away from that. Just like scripture is what Jesus used to fight off the devil, so Jesus, you know what he does? He's so good to us, he gives us scripture too. And he says, 
I've got this love letter for you. And I'd like you to know it. And I'd like you to let this impact you in such a way that you might live it in a wise way, making most of the opportunity I will give you in 2021. Now, as we do that, how do we do that? Does that mean that I need to take the Bible and just jam it into my head and then do everything that I'm supposed to do in there? Well, then we'd be starting great with God's grace and then ending, as the Galatians tried to, by our efforts and trying harder. But what we want to do is we want to look into the Scripture. And, and as we read, I just love it right before 1 Corinthians 2 comes 1 Corinthians 1. Correct. Very good. Still with me out there? Glad you're with me. Okay, so if you look at verses 26 and following, it says this. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Did you catch it? It is because of him that we are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Isn't that the most beautiful thing ever? Wisdom isn't so much everything that I've done. Wisdom isn't so much all the stuff that I know. Wisdom is knowing Jesus. You're just smiling from ear to ear under those masks, aren't you? It's like, do you know what? Jesus has already lived your life and my life for us perfectly. Please repeat after me. Jesus has lived my life for me perfectly. Praise be to him. Amen.